Welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Not supposed to do that anymore, but it's the best damn out, uh, app out there. Uh, welcome into a remote version of our CHGO uh, White Sox postgame show. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We're coming to you live after a White Sox win 4-1 to one over the Red Sox. And Herb, they won on Saturday, which means... That's a series win. We talked a lot about this 18-game stretch, and we'll bring it up more when Vinny Duber comes up. We'll also talk to him about uh, Tim Anderson playing second base uh, on Friday and Saturday, and he'll join us a little bit later after he talks to the locker room. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for joining us. we got 30 people live, and uh, hopefully we keep building and building as we stay live. And make sure you're hitting that thumbs-up button. That helps us grow. And make sure you're subscribing to our CHGO Sports YouTube channel. If you are a hockey fan, our guy Steven, our producer Steven, is going to be out in Nashville uh, with the CHGO Blackhawks guys because they have the number one overall pick, and that's going to be a franchise changer, just like Luis Robert Jr. Herb, you said this, the OPS of, what, like 975 wasn't that impressive. Didn't say that. You said there was still more growth. Yes, and we're seeing it. The consistency. Now it's, now, now it's consistent for you? Yes. Now he's putting it all together for longer stretches of time. Like you would see this and then you would see two weeks of being bad and two weeks of poor swings, poor decisions. And of course, there are swings in there every once in a while. You're like, oh, come on, Luis, that ball's in the dirt, not even close to the plate. And those go away. Now you're seeing fewer and fewer of those. So that is the maturation that you need to see for him to take the next step. He's an all-star. That's guaranteed. He won't be starting, but there's no way that this American League can be going to Seattle without Luis Robert. He is the White Sox representative at minimum. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I would be surprised if he's not. He is the most deserving. Jake Berger's cooled off a little bit. Um, none of the pitchers are really shining enough. I don't think any of the relievers are like, you know, uh, really impressing to that level. It really seems like it either be Lucas or Luis Robert Jr. But uh, Stephen, if you want to flash that uh, graphic that they showed on NBC Sports Chicago, because he had two today. He had his 20th and 21st and in White Sox history before the All-Star break. Players with 20 plus homers and 20 plus doubles. Frank Thomas in 93, 94 and 2003. He was pretty good. Maglio Ordonez in 2000. Jermaine Dias in 2008. And Jose Abreu, who's he? Uh, 2014 and 2019. Uh, and then Luis Robert Jr. joining in 2023. Uh, and obviously, he had it on his 21st. Uh, I, I like this a hell of a lot better uh, than last year when we were just waiting for somebody to cross 15. And Luis Robert Jr. is doing that on June 25th. The last time we talked about that, though, the consistency was 38 games. Uh, and we took the sample from May 2nd to June 14th. 11 homers, uh, 303 average, 365 on base percentage, 627 slugging percentage, a 992 OPS. And then if you include uh, up to the 24th, he's now got an OPS of 974, 14 homers. Uh, but then, hey, let's add in 48 games, two more homers. Uh, so in the past, what? Yeah, 48 games. Luis Robert has 16 home runs, 14 doubles. That's 30 extra base hits in 48 games. A batting average above 293, an on base percentage above 395, a slugging percentage now above 615, and an OPS probably nearing a, a 980. So, in just the past 48 games, I mean, the biggest thing about Luis Robert, and I understand the consistency of those swings is important, but we know that he is this next level athlete. We know that he can be a franchise defining player, and it 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 hasn't really been. You know, his, his, his career isn't short of highlights. It's just he hasn't been healthy. So as long as Luis Roberts not dealing with a 15 or a, a longer injury, uh, I think he's probably going to hit, what, 35 home runs this year? <laughs> like, I mean, if he's healthy, he's going to hit 35 home runs. I mean, yeah, that's probably on the low end. That's the conservative value right there of 35 home runs. That's only 14 more home runs, which, you, like you just said, he's done that in the 48 game yeah. sample True. the sky is the limit this for this guy if he stops swinging at pitches that are way out of the zone pitchers have to come to him and we see what he does with some mixer sliders like i think the, the first pitch was uh this today 
and then what is a fastball inside yeah. rope absolutely roped like he hits the ball really hard and if you it's hard to get him out close to the zone now he's been working on play discipline and you can see the at bats and i don't know as i've always said i don't know why pitchers throw him anything but balls multiple reasons because he hits as i said balls hard in the zone and people behind him haven't been him like Aloy is not the guy yet and neither is jake berger neither is yasmani or any people behind him so you're not really scared if you walk luis and he's not really a stealing a stolen base threat necessarily you know he's not going like every time out there so i would if i was an opponent i'd be like hey Pitch around him because we might get him out, throw some balls out outside the zone, see if he's checking for those, if he's too aggressive. But otherwise, don't come on. Anything in the zone, what are we doing here? <laughs> not have a scouting report out in Boston? Did it not get out there? Apparently, you don't have one either from my man Andy Benatendi. Well, I, maybe it's that's a revenge game. We always know that, uh, you know, that, that seeing the other uh, opponent or your old team uh, always gets people up. Um, Steven, I did th- send a graphic in Slack. Uh, I just added one more. Um, and uh, shout out to Kellen. Uh, he said, Sean, that chair, bro. Is it velvet? I think so. What is, it? What is that? Green, velvet? Beautiful. Green, green velvet? What's that, bro? It's from um, Coming to America. Oh, see, I, I, I got a... I got to expand my uh, Eddie Murphy knowledge. Uh, I, I watched Raw. It's insane. Um, but outside of that, like what? Maybe Dr. Doolittle? But I don't even think I've seen that. I, I know. I got I got and, and that's what? Dan Aykroyd, right? Um, what? Dr. Doolittle? No. You're talking uh, about, coming um, to America? Come to No, that's just him in Arsenio Hall coming oh, okay. as African immigrants to find Eddie Murphy's queen. Um, you're talking about trading places. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Which yeah, is also gotta, a classic. Um, and Sean in the chat saying Ben Attendee has 20 doubles already. Uh, why don't, why don't you flash, uh, the Ben Attendee stats for us, Steven? Um, and we could even, I think, expand these too, uh, if, if I'm not wrong. Uh, but Ben Attendee, oh, he made the graphic. Look at Steven leading off for the Sox, Andrew Ben Attendee as a leadoff hitter since June 17th, 15 hits in 35 at bats, raised his OP from the uh, on base percentage from 336 to 350 and has five doubles. Um, I, I know that we just heard on Twitter that we're we're, we're too harsh on Andrew Benatendi. Um, hey, with this game today, Herb, he is now above – or sorry, I think he is now an average major league hitter. His weighted runs create a plus, not adjusted for his position, is now major league average. So, again, hey, we're seeing this guy on the come up. He's hitting homers. He's hitting doubles. Uh, I mean, I think he's Barry Bonds. <laughs> I just want him to be this. If he's not, you know, he's not going to hit 400 in any type of stretch of any significance, but I want him to be around here. And maybe the, just the timing of him switching to leadoff just works out and he was going to do this anyway. But you see, since he's been at the top of the lineup, he has done well. He's gotten on, gotten on base and hit the ball really hard. I mean, this series is a, probably an outlier as you said it's a revenge game the team that drafted him then traded him away he probably wants a little get back and he showed him exactly what he they're missing and i saw that you uh tweeted a guy that was lamenting the fact that the boston red sox lost andrew benintendi you're like "Mm, he's a below average player calm down i know he's going off this weekend versus your team but you need to pump those brakes and yeah i would have done the same thing the boston red sox did uh, there's very few things I uh, would quibble, quibble with them as far as their front office and their moves, except for this past year, which, ooh, friends, they did some bad things. But I mean, you think? I mean, which one sticks out is when you think that's bad? Oh, the Xander Bogarts. Oh, letting Not, him walk. Okay. Yeah, and letting. Because I was walk. about to say, I like. I mean, I, I like Duvall. I I trade Adam Duvall for Andrew Benton. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would have wanted <laughs> Adam Duvall. We we were still wanting Adam Duvall because he didn't sign until late into the free agent signing period but yeah i would say that uh hein bloom was messing up this offseason but then he made up for it before signing their best player and rafael devers that man that's the team that is the damn team he is yeah. so great with the glove and with the bat man i understand why they picked him over mancada even though my guy i love mancada well i think mancada is an interesting person to bring in here just because um we see Benintendi at the top of the order, obviously doing well. We see Luis Robert 
being the superstar that we all hoped that he would be. Um, but what we haven't seen is the walks from really anybody. Um, even Ben Attendi, I, I know he's been on base, but I think he has what 15 walks to 22 strikeouts in the last 40 games, which is a good ratio there, but you'd still like the, I think the, the walks up a little bit more. Um, but a 302 average in the last 40 games, 376 on base percentage, 425 slugging percentage, 800 OPS for Benintendi, and all those went up after uh, today. I, I just think, though, that's the one thing with this White Sox offense that is holding them back from going on a run is we even see, and Vinny has a piece up at allchgo.com, so make sure you go and read that, um, where there's a quote from Andrew Vaughn that said, um, Homers are cool, homers are fun, and they score runs. But the one issue with the White Sox is they never have people on base when they're scoring those runs. Luis Robert drove in uh, a runner with a two-run homer, uh, right? And then he had a solo shot. Uh, but we, even on Saturday, they have four home runs, all of them solo shots. Um, it, it is frustrating. And you look since the 30th when they made that comeback and Andrew Vaughn had that walk-off grand slam, they're 11th in baseball in home runs, uh, 63. And that's not updated today, so they're probably top 10 after today but the issue is they're 25th in way to runs created plus because th there's not that consistency there's not that we're having great at bats each and every inning and and that's the frustration is there is a lot of talent on this team but i, I don't think that again they're fully healthy and i i don't think that you know i we 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 love the home runs recon said ball go far team go far but um i think that really works when you're like the braves who since the 30th have 97 home runs. And I think the second team has like 78, right? When you're hitting 97 home runs and they like could all be solo. Home runs, yeah. Right. They could all be solo. I mean, that's 20 more runs right there. But, but that's the one thing that is holding this team back is it, it, the bottom of the lineup. It, it's anything below burger. And I know Yasmani ended up adding fifth and he ended up leaving the game today. Um, but Elvis, your guy, Zach Remillard, like that part of the order is really killing the socks i feel like and and if they were able to upgrade those spots this team could contend for for the al central as we keep saying i mean they had they this 18 game stretch i think they won over six games which was more than i've predicted as we were talking last week with the uh, texas rangers in town you see the bottom of their order they got jankowski who i saw when he was in san diego not that great this year he's getting on in a good clip and then leotis Tavares also mm -hmm with a good on-base percentage. I think he's at 350. So, like, that is why you could see that Texas scores a bunch of runs because up to from top to bottom, it's balanced. You're not really getting anybody on the lineup that is just uh, automatic out. Like you said, there is four or five automatic outs with this White Sox lineup whenever Sebi's in the game. Pretty much an automatic out. Yeah. Zach Rimmelard's going to try to bunt. He'll run into a couple, but for the most part, automatic out Gavin cheats lately man the other day he came up multiple times with a chance to open up the game both times were with two outs weak ground outs or uh, I think he had a GIDP for to end another threat threatening inning but not he almost went deep today out. though he almost did yeah <laughs> is that the ball that hit into the 108 and yeah the, that beef is like over yeah, beeps leaning over the uh, what's that like little trough area there? Yeah, um, but they need people to do not even do ex, you know, really great job, just league average or where their position average is, get on base a little bit more because all those on base percentages, I think for the most part, are way below um, league average for the yeah. White Sox because you know, swing a lot and don't swing aggressive in aggressive uh, counts as I. The, the thing that prompted one of the guys to say that we get on Andrew Benintendi too much, I was getting on him because he's a symptom of the White Sox, not because the player is bad. I was saying that they never really swing at 3-0 counts, and then they put themselves in a trick back. They swing at 3-1, like, automatically, and the ball that he swung at 3-1 was in the dirt. And then he swings at 3-2, of course, and meekly flies out, flies out to left field. So this is a White Sox thing, not necessarily Andrew Benintendi thing. But also, I could see him. He's not changing that philosophy from um, going the opposite field. That is pretty much what he is about. He's going to be trying to go opposite field. So the home runs, the not, the ten I still need from him, not happening. And and that that doesn't define the White Sox. If 
Yasmani Grandal and Yohan Moncada can't get on base where, you know, we see Yohan having 80 walks and you know, Yasmani Grandal is either walking or hitting a home run. Um, like, and I'm not fuming that Benny's good. If the White Sox win th- this, like, it is good. Like, I want the White Sox to win. Like, I don't care if Ben Attendee's good. He's all I'm just trying to say is that he's performed below average. And what this team needed was not somebody who's going to provide one home run. However, if Yamakata isn't going to be in the lineup, is Yom, if Yasmani Randall isn't going to be in the lineup, Andrew Benatendi could take that spot at the leadoff spot. So, like, he he isn't a, a worthless player, and I've never tried to say that. There's just other players, four specifically, that I wanted this offseason. That's still true because, again, I think they need more power if it's only going to be solo shots for them. But I do think that he's found a spot, um, right? I, I do think that... Mm-hmm. I'm concerned that they gave him five years. I think his athleticism, especially in the field, seems to be draining a little bit. He does have five stolen bases. So, like, I don't know. I mean, he's not the problem. I mean, Andrew Vaughn, and I know he's underperforming as well, and uh, Andrew Benatendi's underperforming as well. But the, the biggest problems on the White Sox are Mancata, Grandal, Jimenez, and T.A. Yes. Because even though Aloy's playing right now, we really haven't seen him be that game changer behind – Luis Robert. Um, like I, I, I feel like he's been fairly cold recently. So what this team needs is just more consistency. And, and to talk about Luis Robert, I really feel like he's the one guy we can't say that he hasn't been consistent. Uh, if, uh, Steven, if you want to go to that uh, graphic I sent you, and there, I sent you another one in Slack too, because uh, I, I feel like I got to go out on a little bit of rant about something stupid I saw. Um, but these are the pitches that Luis Robert has swung at since um, he got quote unquote benched. Um, the, in that Tampa series in April. And, and you could see that. I mean, like he's swinging at, I mean, all the dark red is in the middle of the plate. It does seem like he's done a really good job at, I'm going to take anything that is on the inner half of that plate and I'm going to swing and do damage. Um, and even the pitch that he swung for the second home run was an inside fastball. So that probably would have been in that blue to whitish area. So I really, I, I really can't complain. I, I, I think he's been extremely impressive. You're right that there's some swings and some games where he just kind of loses that. And we see flashes of 2021 and 2022, Luis Robert, but guys have bad games. And and I really can't count. I think on my, my two, two hands, uh, the, the amount of bad games he's had in that like 48 game stretch. He's, he's been incredibly impressive. Um, all right, let's take a break. And then I'll, I'll go on a little bit of a, a, a rant. Uh, Vaughn is a fraud, awful draft pick. I didn't take him. Um, Let's go to talk about Lewis University. Um, students are just like you. They have full-time jobs, families, full-time sports fandoms. Go back to school. And you can go back to school to earn a respected degree at Lewis University. It's 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville. And it's ranked as one of U.S. News and World's Reports top-tier colleges. Um, I have some family that has gone to Lewis. And they talk about if you're looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in a professional professional certificate program, Lewis will have the right program for you. Uh, my cousin Maggie wanted to finish her bachelor's. She didn't love her first school choice. It was a little too competitive. She needed a place that was close to home, more comfortable, and was going to provide what she needed for her nursing program. And Lewis did that. She has a fantastic job. She's now living on her own, and we're extremely, extremely proud of her. So you can discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu slash U Y O U can do this. Lewis U the letter dot edu slash U Y O U can do this. Also want to let you know about our friends over at game time. Uh, if you're looking to get to a white Sox game, I know they're about to head out to the West coast um, to take on the angels and A's, but they'll be coming to town uh, right before the all-star break. Who do they got? They got uh, St. Louis and I think, no, not Detroit. Don't play until until August. I don't know. I'll look Steven? it up. Steven, any help here? Mm, I'm looking it up right now. Anyways, if you're looking to get to a White Sox game, game time has you covered. Toronto. Come on. Toronto, everybody. Uh, JPW's Blue Jay. Our guy. Uh, but 
you shouldn't be stressed out when you're trying to buy tickets. If you're trying to find them last minute, hunting down the best price or competing with other buyers for a popular event, Game Time has the fastest and easiest way for you to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And they have killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. Maybe, you know, on that Tuesday game uh, against uh, Toronto, you just have nothing to do and you just want to go to the White Sox game. You can buy last minute t- tickets with game time. You can forget plan- uh, planning months in advance. But if it is a competitive event, you want to get your seat. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. So if you find tickets later on in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. And when Herb found that out, he contacted their support when he went out to uh, Atlanta and got his 110% of the difference in under 12 minutes. They are going to help you get the best deal so you cannot stress and enjoy the game. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, we got Vinny Duber joining us. Look at the timing there. Hey, Vinny. Hey, guys. How are you? CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. And you can read his latest piece up at All CHGO, talking about the four solo homer game uh, that the White Sox won on Saturday. And then Elvis Andrews driving in the game-winning run. Again, you can read that up at allchgo.com. We're doing good. Um, we've been talking a lot about just Luis Robert. He's been um, incredible. Um, another two homer game today for Luis. Uh, was there any talk in the clubhouse just about how much of a game changer he's been this year or just, you know, really since uh, May? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think uh, this is the start of, obviously, you know, you need to put it together for a whole season, but this is the start of what we long heard about Luis Robert Jr. kind of coming to fruition, right? I mean, we heard the uh, the six-tool player, the guy who could carry a lineup, the guy who could be one of the best players in baseball. And here you go and look at the uh, the home run leaderboards in the American League, and he's right there with, with some of the best players in baseball. Um, you know, the emphasis from Pedro Grifol postgame, you know, saying how much of an all how definite it is that he is all-star caliber talking about Luis Robert Jr. talking about what he does in the outfield and how easy he makes it look I I think you know that's really kind of been the evolution here it's not you know three four years ago it was the potential oh the potential of this guy look at all those tools and now it's he's showing it and he's making it look really really easy because we've been talking about it for a long time, how easy he makes center field look this year. Uh, you know, and, and I think he's starting to do that on the other end with the bat also. So um, it, a lot of talk about the work that he's put in uh, the stuff that we heard about earlier in the year, the work on pitch recognition, the work on plate discipline, that kind of thing. Pedro Grifol says it's gotten heavier. It's increased. He's doing it more and, and, and buying in more than he ever has before to that work. It's paying off. You can see it at the plate. Um, so between what he's doing in the outfield and what he's doing at the plate, I mean, he, he, he looks like that guy that everybody was talking about for the longest time. What Luis said is not that anything's really changed all that dramatically, but he's out there every day. He's on the field. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to uh, figure out that a guy doesn't get hurt real bad in a season and he's going to have, uh, you know, a better shot at consistency. That's what's happened with Luis Robert Jr. He's played in almost all the games that the White Sox have played this year. Um, No IL stints like his teammates keep running into. Um, He's finally healthy, and he's finally, uh, you know, being able to rack up the at-bats, rack up the games, and this is what Luis Robert Jr. can do when he's uh, physically able to be out there on a regular basis. And Vinny, I saw the report before the game, but uh, I wanted to talk about this bullpen game that happened today with Tanner Banks, Jesse Schultons, Aaron Bummer, and of course Keenan Middleton coming in and doing the job today versus the Boston Red Sox. It seems like we might have to see more of this uh, before the first half ends. Yeah, uh, it doesn't seem, at least reading the tea leaves, it doesn't seem super likely that Mike Clevenger is going to make another start before the All-Star break. We know that Liam Hendricks won't be back before the All-Star break. The thing with Clevenger, while he might get healthy, before the all-star break he's a starting pitcher you got to make sure that he's got that stamina in him that he's got the workload the capabilities to handle the workload that a starting pitcher needs to handle in a given game Pedro Grifol phrased it as you know you're not bringing him back to throw an inning you're bringing him back to to make starts so um if all of that takes longer than the what two weeks 
less they have left uh, before the All-Star break. Yeah, exactly two weeks, I guess, before the All-Star break hits. Then you're probably seeing a couple, you know, his rotation spot coming up a, cu- a couple more times. So uh, the thing is, boy, did that work out swimmingly today for the White Sox. I mean, that was about as good as you could have asked for. Uh, Jesse Schultons was fantastic. Uh but even Banks, you know, only allows the one run when he gets in trouble uh, early in the game. Uh, and, and the guys cleaning it up at the end as well. Pedro said that the only guy that didn't pitch today who was available to pitch was Tuki Toussaint. So a lot of those late inning guys that the White Sox have used so effectively over the last couple of months were not able to pitch today. He wasn't, he wasn't going to be calling on Kendall Graveman or Joe Kelly after they pitched just yesterday. So, um, it was, uh, uh, a like I said, about as good as that could have worked out from a scripting standpoint for, for the bullpen day. And it gives the White Sox confidence, and it should give White Sox fans confidence, that that can be replicated to some degree the next time Clevenger's spot comes up. So um, I, I asked it, earlier in this series, uh, it was an option that Jesse Schultz might have been the one who started. Pedro said that Jesse Schultz can throw 100 pitches in a game. Tuki Toussaint is, has been up to 80 already this season. So, um when it comes to long guys, they've got him right now. They've got the capability to eat some innings. And uh, if he wants to save that or is able to save that, I should say, based on what the other starting pitchers do for this turn in the rotation the next couple of times, it's a luxury because he's going to have a few options at, at his disposal. Clevenger's next two spots uh, coming up before the All-Star break, the 30th and the 6th, um, unless they get creative with moving guys in off days. They do have an off day on the 3rd, July 3rd. Um, so, you know, maybe they switch something around, but yeah, Toussaint's an interesting one. Did they talk about, I, I know they mentioned it once they made the signing, but they, they wouldn't be afraid to start him. Right. Um, n- the idea was that he was going to join the bullpen, but here's the thing okay. they're doing. They're doing this thing with the, with this bullpen. You can call it a bullpen day. If you want, you can call it a spot start if you want. It seems like the truth kind of lies somewhere in the middle, right? Where they've got their long guys. They're going to use them as they're effective. They're going to use them for the matchups that they want. It was, um, you know, Pedro didn't announce that starter until today, that Banks was starting until this morning. Basically the ideas being, let's see what kind of lineup, you know, that the Red Sox run out there in the first two games, what to create the best matchup. So I don't think that he, it's necessarily like a power ranking type thing. Like, Banks is better than uh, Shelton, so we're going to start Banks. I think it's very much matchup-based like he would do when he's calling on relievers late in the game. But, you know, it it doesn't really matter as long as you get the outs. And these guys are not going to be dubbed, quote-unquote, starters. They're just going to say they're the long guys. They can eat the innings. Go ahead and and, and do that, even though it's, you know, um, not conventional. It's 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 what's working uh, or, or certainly what worked today and what they think can work again if need be. And today uh, we see Tim Anderson not in the lineup again. And then this past weekend, he was at second base in the second hole uh, after a late uh, stretch on Friday. What uh, was Pedro's reasoning of putting him firstly at second base? And then why the scratching of today? Why didn't he play today? Well, it wasn't scratched today. He oh, just he didn't was, play. So, okay. um, yeah, it's just to, to clear that up. Uh, but, yeah, this has been kind of a weird saga over the weekend here. Obviously, last week, you know, since, you know, that Saturday game in Seattle, Tim wasn't feeling well enough to play the field. And then that was supposed to be the case again on Friday for the first game of this Red Sox series. But late in, you know, after the lineup had already been released, Tim went out for more pregame work and said, hey, I feel good enough. My shoulder feels good enough to make the throws from second base, even if it doesn't feel good enough to make some of those deep throws from the hole in shortstop. You know, I think he's probably worried about that one play, really, that really deep throw out of the hole in shortstop. So I'll play second base because I want to be in the lineup. That's the way it was presented to us. Um, You know, he did that in the World Baseball Classic and earned a lot of compliments from Mark DeRosa, who was managing Team USA, for doing that, for being willing to go over and and play second base. Same thing from Pedro Grafold this weekend. so well enough to play second base, but maybe not well enough to make that one play at shortstop. And then you see the two defensive miscues in very critical situations in the first two games of this uh, uh, series. The one uh, on Friday was obviously much worse than the one yesterday. That was a very hard hit ball. Pedro described it post game as if he would have made that play, it would have been a really impressive play. Sure. But I, I don't think those two things correlate. I, I, I think that, the reasoning today that was given was 
they want him to go back to shortstop. And if resting that shoulder today is going to make him able to do that tomorrow, then that's what they'll do. So, yeah, it was a, it's been a weird week with Tim. It's been a weird, uh, you know, series of events that could be read into a certain way, but very a lot of care being taken by Pedro to make sure that he's explaining it so people aren't reading into it. Good luck with that, Pedro. But still, <laughs> the idea being that that shoulder's just not 100%. It's probably not going to be 100% for a while, but they're looking to get it to that point where Tim feels confident that he can make all the plays that he needs to make as a shortstop. Did they give a percentage? I mean, that seems... No, that's not really how this okay. works. Yeah. All right, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's just... It'd be nice to have a benchmark to understand where, where he is because, again, they're, they're talking about not wanting to put him on the IL and it not being that seriously serious. And obviously, uh, they're, they're well past that because they, they really can't retroactively put him on. Um, but Well, he can still know. run and hit, too. I mean, if, if, if it's a situation where they go to Anaheim tomorrow and he's still not feeling confident making that play at shortstop, they don't want to put him at second base again because they just want him to get well enough to play shortstop, then... You might see him pinch hit in the game. You might see him. Could pinch you see run. him DH? No, that was asked um, okay. over the over the weekend. That was asked. You know, could he DH? He could physically DH, but I, I think Pedro doesn't like the idea of taking another regulars job away. You know, moving the pieces around, kind of thing. Like, hey, we want if it's Aloy, Aloy to be unaffected by what Tim's going through kind of situation. So, um, you know, or if it's a day where the matchup allows both Aloy and Sheets to be in there, you know, you don't want to, you know, uh, uh, remove one of those big bats if you don't have to just because of what Tim's going through. So, um, you know, it, when it comes to this whole, everybody's so mad that they didn't put him on the IL thing. I think their explanation still applies in that, Hey, they were able to get something out of him during that 10 game span. And that's better than nothing. Well, and I guess Herb, it's it's less about, um, and if it hasn't even been ten days yet, too. By the way, that's important to note as well. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I forget the exact word you used there, Vinny. But like, I don't know if I'm upset or up in arms about the the TA not being on the IL, Herb. It's just more our concern is that it it's kind of the trend we saw last year, right? And we wanted them to, you know, learn from those mistakes. And this this does seem to be teetering on those issues. Even though, again, like he, he doesn't seem too hurt not to perform at second base in the past two games. He does just seem really off. I and mean, that's kind of been clear about Tim Anderson this year. Correct. And I don't know what that stems from. Injuries, other stuff, doesn't matter. But I would want him to be playing at the optimal point that he can play. And if that means they think that he can play and help them out in the games that he's not – hundred percent, and I'll put those in quotes. Healthy, cool. I'm I'm fine with that as long as he performs. He hasn't been performing. That's the problem, and that's probably more of a season wide thing. And and I'm kind of mad at how quickly White Sox fans have turned on the player, Tim Anderson, and the person Tim Anderson. That's disturbing. I'll get into that maybe tomorrow and later in the week, but the player needs to perform better. That's a hundred percent accurate and i'm disappointed on his play but that's not i don't think from a lack of trying i think he is injured more than he's letting on and he's not um driving the ball as we can see as he usually does so i think uh i guess i would rather him be on the il and get the proper rest but i am not their trainer i am not the white Sox staff and i'm not ta and maybe he doesn't want to be on the il he thinks he can help the team much more from being in the lineup and being more active and you know even if that's just like leadership on the bench he feels more engaged in the game when he's actually in the game that stuff i can hear but uh other than that i you know i would prefer him to be um well rested and feeling that shoulder would be a little better in the growing to be like a non-factor anymore and well, oh, sorry to cut you off uh well and, and Vinny, um you know, obviously Tim's been struggling, and then we see Yasmani uh, leave the game today. A, a little less concerning than if it was a, a non-contact injury. It, it makes sense why he had to leave the game. He gets uh, a, a foul tip back off the, the the chin, and then I think the White Sox said that it was a jaw contusion that had him leave. Um, did Pedro give an update? Just you know, hey, you know, we don't want him playing through that if if, if he's uncomfortable, or you know, is it a little bit more serious? Well, I, I think, and here's Pedro's uh, catching experience coming in to describe what, what was going on. It's not that 
Yasmani couldn't play after getting a ball off, you know, a ball off the face. It's that this is what Pedro said. What happens if another ball hits him there? And then all of a sudden it's a, it's a more serious thing. Um, so this was very precautionary. Um, just take him out. Don't have him wor- sitting back there worrying about what happens if I, you know, do I have to move my head? Do I have to change the way I play? So um, it was very precautionary taking him out. I did ask if it's something that would keep him out. Uh, you know, moving forward. And Pedro said, too soon to tell, they're going to do some more, you know, evaluating and, and, and figure out exactly what's going on. Yeah, well, and they got a, a lot of consistent games. Again, their next day off is until next Monday. So, you know, Sabby catches. Who's pitching tomorrow? Uh, it'd be uh, uh, Lucas. Cease or Kopech, one of the two. Kopech. Yeah. What, what's in? Okay, and and Yaz is kind of, that's kind of a mix between Sabby and Yaz, right? Because I think Gio is mostly caught by Sabby. Um, I mean, I know Lucas is, has almost exclusively been caught by Sebi. I don't have the other numbers in front of me. Okay. I, I well, and I never know how to find. I, I found them once on Baseball Reference. I have no though the the catcher pitch uh, the the stats of which catcher has caught the pitcher. I have no idea where to find those on Baseball Box Reference. Scores, so any, baby. I'm about to say, yeah, you got to go individually every game that Lucas has pitched. Hell but I don't no. recall. There there is recall. A, a spot. I, I promise. You better in hurry up in this break. You after I do the comment. Better hurry I'll, up and do I'll that now it. before uh, they get to thirty starts on the season. Now, right now, you're only ha- you only have to go through half of those. That's that's true. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just keep a running uh, spreadsheet for for ourselves. Um, but just to something that we we talked about before you joined um, was kind of you know I I know and it's I'm even seeing it in the comments about Benny being below average, whatever. You know, Andrew Benetton fine. Um, and you know, as Herb shared the stats, I mean, ever since he's been in the leadoff spot, he's been excelling um but again it's not really the issues with andrew benatendi or andrew vaughn even if they're performing below major league average for their positions again it's the core guys and no tim yasmani seems to obviously this was kind of freak but he's he seems to be dealing with back issues flaring up uh you know all throughout some point of the week um yoan obviously it doesn't seem like he's going to return before the all-star break correct me if i'm wrong there and then Aloy, it really felt feels like he hasn't found his consistency. So, I mean, it, it does feel after this 18 game stretch, if they're able to find any consistent pro- production from those four, we could see this team go on a run. Um, I, I don't know what the the news is about Yoan or Aloy here, but um, I, I know they're probably looking for more consistency out of those guys. And obviously, Yoan's hurt. Yeah, of course. I mean, listen, you don't have to even, uh, you know, excuse the Andrews from this. Uh, you know, Andrew Vaughn was the third overall draft pick. Andrew Benatendi got a five-year contract. They're part of the core, absolutely. Right. Um, you know, I, I get you're referring to those four or five guys who, who, have, who have been here for a while. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's been the case all season long, is that the guys, are, the guys who are supposed to be carrying the offense, with the exception of one guy, aren't doing it. You know, Luis Robert Jr. is having an all-star caliber season. Where's everybody else? Yon Moncada has been hurt all year, and that doesn't seem to be clearing up anytime soon. There's been no specifics or timelines given as to when Yoan might be coming back. Um, you've got uh, uh, Aloy, like you mentioned, has been up and down with the injuries. He's failed to, you know, get in a groove. But Tim has had a, had a terrible season for him personally. And Yasmani is, you know, not really doing great. He's, he's, he's doing fine, certainly much better than he did last year. But uh, – yeah, it's 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 the main guys. That's the that's the big problem. You can point to Jake Berger and say, "Oh, what a surprise Jake Berger has been," and that's great. But Jake Berger was not the guy who this team was built around. There were right. five or six or seven other guys who this team was built around, and for the most part, all but one of them are really kind of failing uh, to to get the job done. And now Andrew Benintendi has been doing better of late, but you can't point to his season as all. In fact, just talk to him down in the clubhouse, and he's not happy with what he's doing, even though things are improving. So from a production standpoint, so um, yeah, none of these guys are really doing what they're supposed to be doing uh, with the exception of Luis Robert Jr. And, you know, there you go. There's your story right there. That's, that's the story of the season because pitching staff has been great for the most part. Obviously no one was great in that first month, but since the end of April, pitching staff has been fantastic. Uh, the, the offense has not, and uh, call it lack of consistency, call it just lack of production. Uh, it's, it's, it's the story right now as to why this team is still where it is. Um, you know, 11 games under 500, they're only six out of first place. So like you said, a run and they're a playoff team <laughs> potentially, but 
uh, if there's going to be any indication of them doing anything in October, which of course is what Rick Hahn said would be a consideration when this team is making their uh, decisions regarding the trade deadline, they're going to have to get a lot more consistency from a lot more guys in the lineup. Absolutely. Um, let's take a quick break and uh, we appreciate. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to take a break. I was just going to ask Vinny. I was going to ask him to speculate on something. Pedro's uh, well-being, you know, if he's fine or not. It's been a tumultuous year already for him in his first three months as a manager of Major League Baseball. I don't know if you know the man, like, off the field or anything like that. Um, How is he doing? Like, because that, I think, is a big-time deal because the mental strain that we've already, as fans, put him through and his team has put him through. Ah, man, I would not be want to be in his position as of uh, June, whatever it is today, June 23rd, uh, June 25th. Yeah, I mean, I think from a well-being standpoint, he, he seems fine. It, this is a guy who, uh, much like we talked about with Tony La Russa, right, has a, a, a different personality post-win as he does post-loss, um, you know, but, uh, you know, usually in the pregame, he's he's as smiley as Pedro can be, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and joking around with us sometimes. So it's not like he's a uh, dour because of the state of the season. He, you know, from listening to him talk that he's very much, a, a, you know, focus on the new day, focus on each individual day. Uh, you know, these guys uh, preach, don't get too far ahead or too far behind, you know, when you, when it comes to uh, being in the moment and doing your job, He's got to be that guy in order for his team, uh, for his players to buy into it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any need to be concerned about his well-being. In fact, he just uh, had a grandkid and got to go meet the grandkid earlier this week. So he's very happy about that. And, uh, um, yeah, it's uh, listen, he, it's not what he want, would want. Right. Obviously, he would prefer to be 11 games above 500 as opposed to 11 games under. And I think he even commented a few times earlier in the year that, you know, it sucks because of the results. But. I don't think uh, he's, uh, you know, curling up into a ball or anything like that. I think uh, uh, he's out there doing the job the way he intended to do the job, even if the results aren't what he intended them to be. Yeah, and even though Rick Hahn said that about the the quality of them being contenders, and I know that, you know, right now they're six games back, but they just won two out of three. I mean, that's got to feel a little bit better. I mean, it it really just seems like, you know, you take two steps forward, two steps back in the AL Central. I mean, you know, you have a nice stretch here in, in, in the West Coast, and they'll probably be three and a half games back, uh, you know, once, once that uh, that off day comes on the third. Do you have anything else to add, Herb? I feel like I... I yeah, just after the break, uh, I got the answer for uh, your query about Lucas Giolito and Sebi Zavala. Oh, look at you. Where'd you find that? Did you just go through every, every single... Oh, my God, that's... I got to find a way out of, I know that's a stat I mean, somewhere, a baseball have, reference. We, I mean, we already have it now, so it's already, you know, from here on out, we'll just catalog yeah. it. I want to take a break and let you know about Goose Island Beer Company. CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company. They've been Chicago's beer since 1988. We love the uh, 312 Weed Ale, the Full Pocket Pills, the Tropical Beer Hugs, and they have that nice sampler uh, where you can get three of the uh, Tropical Beer Hugs, the Juicy uh uh, ipa the hazy ipa and the uh, neon uh beer hug so go check those out at your 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 local alcohol or liquor store or jewels uh and they also have the goose ipa which is a six-time medal award winner at the great american beer fest grab an ultra fresh brewery exclusive beer at goose islands original uh brew house on uh, claiborne avenue in lincoln park or from their tap room on fulton street in west town goose island beer company chicago's beer Hey, Sean, the Comet Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Herb, I heard about Comet offering a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial industrial public uh, to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. And Comet offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. How does that work, Sean? Well, an authorized engineer will work with you to defeat develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. And these can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours within three, four weeks. Customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency project. They could start working on immediately. And each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, do not wait. 
Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash powering biz. Is that comed.com slash powering biz? You're 100% right, Herb. That's comed.com slash powering biz. Thank you to everyone for hanging out with us. We got 75 people uh, in the chat uh, and appreciate Baloney and Joey uh, saying hit that thumbs up button. Uh, If you haven't yet, would uh, appreciate you giving that thumbs up. yeah, and let's uh, just kind of end it here. Um, 13 games left until the All-Star break. Um, and, well, actually, uh, let's detour real quick. Um, Vinny, you had a post on Saturday. I um, thought the, the quote from Andrew Vaughn was was very funny. Uh, homers are cool. Homers are fun. And they score runs. Uh, but four solo shots, uh, another one today, uh, not complaining because they're both in two wins. But, uh, you know, what, what was the kind of talk outside of, you know, Andrew saying that? about the solo homes and even what, what can Pedro add about, you know, just solo homers after solo homers. Yeah. It's funny, Dave, that they hit four home runs and everybody was still kind of treating it as a negative because there was nobody on base in front of them. It's obviously been a trend for this team. Pedro has been asked about it several times. So he's had to talk about it several times. Um, they don't like that. They don't want that to be the case. And, and yesterday was the perfect example of why you get even if two of those home runs are two run homers, there's no sweat in that win out in the, in, in the ninth inning, but they only score five runs or they only score five runs in the game at the going into the ninth inning. They only have four runs on four solo homers because nobody was on base in front of it. And one, one screw up by the, by, you know, I don't even want to put it on Graveman, but just one screw up by the team in general. Um, and it's a tie game in the ninth inning, and it doesn't have to be that way. It shouldn't have had to be that way. That should have been a six or seven run output for that team at the least rather than hey they've got to get a walk-off hit in the in the bottom of the ninth benefit from their own error at first base I mean hey what if that if the Red Sox just make that play at first base they're going extra innings and who knows what happens so um they don't like that there's nobody out front of in, in front of these home run hitters they're trying to make that happen they're trying to get that to work they're doing work on it. They're working on the offense. Pedro has a message that he's given to these guys for a mentality uh, that you can go read in that story. It was kind of a longer quote, so I'm not going to dive too far into it. But then I'll just talk about they don't want ground balls either. I, I, I'm sure you saw that one, Sean. That uh, that they've got uh, they've got some screens up in batting practice. They're tall. They're like they're like you know seven eight yeah. foot tall screens, all in line with the pitcher. And you hit a ground ball, it's not even going you know 20 feet, 20 30 feet. So um, that's that's kind of a uh, a thing that this coaching staff is doing to try and get them to hit the ball in the air more. And then, of course, the joke after the game, Elvis Andrews wins it with a with a little with a little single, and and Pedro's being asked, would that even have cleared the screen? So <laughs> you know, um, it's uh, it's 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 an example of some of the stuff they're doing. I know people, uh, you know, when when this when an offense is struggling, they go, well, is this coaching staff even doing anything? What are they doing? What what are they going to do to fix it? We, and we always tell you, of course they're working. Of course they're trying to fix it. That's their job. We can rarely provide those really specific details. Those are a couple of the really specific details that might be of interest to some folks who are asking those questions about a, a team that is still what? Still what? Only scored 10 runs in three days here against the Red Sox. That's even lower than their runs per game average on the season, which is already one of the six lowest in baseball. So, you know, even though the home runs are coming, the Luis Robert is one of the home run leaders in the American right. League. This offense is not fixed, and uh, they're still working on trying to get it fixed and get it going. Well, as, as the Homer guy, uh, since uh, April fortieth or April thirtieth, April fortieth isn't a date. Uh, April thirtieth, uh, they're eleventh <laughs> in homers in Major League Baseball, and that's probably top ten now after the two from Luis. Twenty fifth in weighted runs created plus, and then twenty eighth in on base percentage. So the homers are there, but no one's getting on base. So they're the, they're the worst, the worst on base percentage in baseball as of yesterday or going into yesterday. So I don't know if that's changed over the last two days, but they didn't put a ton of guys on base even with scoring some runs the last couple of days. And to clean up what uh, was uh, promised earlier, I think 16 starts for Lucas Giolito this year, and Sebi start all but one of those. The one he didn't start, Yasmani, was his battery mate, seven earned runs. Every other start Lucas has had is the highest is four earned runs. All right. There you go. Thank you, Herb, for finding that. <laughs> Very nice. So, Lucas, uh, that was the second game of the year that uh, Yasmani started versus the Pirates. And Lucas is like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> That's not going to work out for him. Uh, all right. Let, let's uh, 
I'm so sorry. I was in the YouTube. Uh, I, I have our YouTube uh, open. Uh, okay. So I was looking at the YouTube feed and I still had Herb talking and I was like, I can't hear her. What the hell's going on? Um, so we just got done with an 18 game stretch here for the Sox. They go eight and 10 against teams above 500. I thought that they would go six and 12, or at least that was what was in line with their non AL central record before this 18 game stretch. So I will, I'll say this eight and 10 stretch is a, is a win here. They got four games against the angels, three games against uh, Oakland, both of those on the West coast. And then they'll welcome Toronto and Cardinals uh, duo of birds, the blue birds and the, the red birds uh, into town for the final games here uh, before the all-star break. Um, right now, 11 games under 500, 12 games, 11 games under 500. Um, where do we think they'll be after these 13 games? Is it tough? Because, I mean, I know St. Louis is underperformed. Toronto isn't atop of the AL East, but any AL East team is, is, has been difficult. And the, the A's are the A's. Um, we know how difficult they can be, and the, the Angels handed it to the White Sox. So, uh, I mean, what do we make of these next 13 games? Well, me and Herb were smiling at exactly the same time because we both have the exact same thought in our head, which is why would you expect them to be anywhere but where they are right now? or somewhere thereabouts. I mean, you know, and, and that is as much a comment on the way that they've played over the last two months, because it hasn't been quite as bad as it was the first month and the way the entire AL central has played this entire season. Um, at the end of the next two weeks, it wouldn't, it should be the expectation of everyone that they are exactly where they are from a, you know, below 500 standpoint and exactly where they are from a, how many games out of first place they are standpoint, because, what would give you any reason to believe any otherwise? The the White Sox have, for the most part, not been very good, but they have been better, and so therefore are kind of middling around where they should be. Meanwhile, the uh, Twins are not necessarily doing anything that would lead you to believe that they're going to go on a big, long run and, and bury this team either. So anything but that, I think, Herb, should be considered a surprise. And, of course, that's why they play the games uh, over the next two weeks and, and always. Yeah, all I gotta say about that, if they can go six and a half and six and a half, they would. They're definitely not gonna win more games than they lose, and not gonna lose more games than they win by that much. It's gonna be around here. We're gonna be doing this all the all year long, as Finney said. Yeah, hey, uh they've been uh since the walk off against the Rays, twenty seven and twenty four. So three games above five hundred. But that's that's the thing is you're eleven games under five hundred. So if you you know, from here on out, I think they're close to the halfway mark. I mean, even if you have 82 games or you're three games over 500, I mean, that's just not going to do it. You're, you're not going to get back into the division, which is frustrating because uh, I know there are only six games out right now. And I guess that's why even if Andrew Benatendi has been performing well, uh, you know, in the past month or at least the, the time that you pointed out, Herb, um, again, this team needs more. Uh, this Every person can step up and, and they're, they're, the White Sox just need leaders and wins uh, at this point anyways that's going to do it for the chgo white Sox post game show we appreciate everyone hanging out with us and make sure you hit that thumbs up button and hit that subscribe button uh before you uh dip out that's herb lawrence you can follow him on twitter at actner123 he's our chgo white Sox community leader that's vinnie duber he's our chgo white Sox beat writer you can follow him on twitter at vinnie duber and you can read his latest piece up at allchgo.com talking about the solo homers and some of the new things they're trying to implement into batting practice and i'm sean anderson you can follow me on twitter at sean underscore w underscore anderson you can follow the show on Twitter at uh, CHGO underscore White Sox. Thank you, Stephen Nicholas, for producing the show. We got a pregame tomorrow uh, for Angels, White Sox, and a postgame as well. So make sure you join us then at like eight o'clock uh, for Angels, White Sox pregame. Bye.